Chapter 5. Necropolis. While I was living with Ray, my mother had given birth to her third child, Matthew. He was named after his father. The baby wasn't living with my mother anymore. His grandmother had taken him. And I'd met him a couple of times, but it was hard for me to see beyond the hatred I felt for his father. And even though he was my brother, all I could see was the man I hated. And even to this day, it saddens me to know that that man stole a relationship of a brother I could have loved. There's one more thing he's taken from us. But I was excited to be living with my aunt. She was always cool. She loved me so much. And she had became like a best friend to me. When I didn't have no one, I could always count on her. And I knew she'd be there. She meant the world to me. She made me feel wanted. And I knew I could count on her. She was like a big sister. But without the sibling rivalry. Maya had a best friend named Tina. And I had a minor crush on her. Tina was a beautiful Mexican girl with long black hair. She had vivacious brown eyes and an addictive smile. She liked to joke around. And Tina lived with a large family in the same housing projects we did. The projects were for the poor. And we knew it. And so did the people who started hanging around. You know, I mean, I guess that's how gangs are formed. Some neighborhood kids. We all know we're outcasts. So we really don't give a fuck what you think. And the people that drove by, they just looked at us. The buildings were put together with cheap cylinder blocks. They stood side by side. Single-story dwellings with a small patio where clotheslines ran from one yard to the next. In the winter, those blocks turned to ice, and in the summer, they were coals. Almost everyone who hung out at my aunt's house was from Northside Redlands, including Tina's family. And people who would often show up, they'd be high, meth, weed, alcohol, whatever they had. And the place was alive with human traffic. Nearly everyone was an addict in one sense or another. But it was a friendly environment, and some stayed while others moved on once the drugs were gone. Sure, the addicts, they were wild sometimes, but I never felt afraid of them. It was the drunks who scared me. Maybe it was down to the way Ronnie he used to be my mother when he was drunk, and when my mom said he was my dad, I had my doubts. Of all the drunks who had come by the house, there was one I could never really be scared of, and his name was Blackie. He was always at our house, and he was an old man in his 70s, but he looked even older, and Blackie chain-smoked. He was never without a bottle, and his fingers were yellower than the sun. We would sit at that table together, and he'd tell me stories about his life, they were always funny to me, and he'd just smile. I'd always laugh because Blackie's teeth were bright as his damn hands. They were freaking yellow as hell. And he didn't care. He didn't give a damn what you thought. He'd just laugh at you like you were the idiot. He stopped caring a long time ago. Whatever I 
hopes or aspirations like he had as a young man, they were long forgotten. And now he was too deep in the bottle to realize, or even care, who he'd become. And when Tina was around, she'd flirt with me, she'd flirt with Blackie, and she couldn't wait until I was 18, she'd say. And I think she liked to see me turn red and make feeble attempts to flirt back at her. <laughs> but both her and my aunt had boyfriends from Northside Redlands, so... Maybe I could still hope. Sometimes my aunt would throw a party in the back of the house and, and these gangsters would come in their creased up clothes and they'd look the part. Music was turned up loud, oldies, funk, rap, 991 was a radio station. And everyone had a joint in their mouth or a beer in their hand. And some would be at the grill, passing around food, some kind of asada. And girls would be moving about. And I'd look, but I always liked to kick it with Tina. She played along with me. She let me dance with her. Maybe give her a little kiss on the cheek. I was as far as I'd get. My aunt, she worked at a cashier at AMPM. And it was right there on the corner. And I walk over there and she'd give me free candy, sodas. Sometimes I'd stand out around the store and I'd, I'd just stand there because I like being around her. Plus, I might have to protect her in this neighborhood. You never know what was going to happen. And one day I was standing for an AMPM and I got into a fight. The guy I had fought was a neighborhood kid named Mikey. And he, he was a couple of years older than me and he was always high on drugs. He stole my bike. So I, I, I had to... Uh, I had to show him the consequences of that betrayal. It was something I had learned earlier in life. I don't know where. I just knew that it was in me. And that's often what the streets does. It instills in you these rules and regulations of a life that were never yours. But somehow, you're a part of. And when Mikey came walking down the street with an older guy, not far behind, I knew it. I knew it by the look in his eye. He was stealing himself. He was, he was pumping himself up because he knew what was coming. And he said, I heard you're looking for me. The other guy, he was still on the other side of the street waiting for the traffic to stop. And I didn't say anything to Mikey. I just started punching him in the face. Not expecting that reaction, he covered his face pretty quick. And I grabbed his shirt and I swung it over his head. And I slammed him through the window. I slammed his face into that window. Boom, boom, boom. And his head was hitting that grass hard. <laughs> and Tina, she came running. And she was yelling at the guy who had come with Mikey. And she said, I'll get my cousins if you jump in. And so he stopped. He stopped right where he was. And he just watched us. He watched as I got Mikey on the ground and I carried away on those punches. The next thing, my aunt came running out the store. She pulled me off him. She yelled at Tina, get him out of here. And Tina took me to her house and bragged to everyone about me. And it felt good, especially coming from her. This was my first taste of revenge. And I liked it. My aunt sold a little bit of meth and weed in the neighborhood. You know, the addicts, they were all around. And it was enough to support her habit. 
and my mom's. So people knew she had drugs and money in her house, and it was asking for trouble in a place like this. And one night, it came when a group of black guys turned up and robbed her. I was filled with rage, seeing my aunt and my mom so scared and, and hurt. And it sparked a darkness inside of me, a desperate need to make someone pay. And I was so mad I wanted to kill them. But I couldn't, I was just a kid. Not in that moment anyways. I needed a gun. And Ronnie, my so-called dad, he had plenty of them. He'd often tell me that half of them were mine. So I called him and I told him I needed needed one to go shoot with my friend Jeremy and his family. And Ronnie, he didn't ask any questions. He came around to Jeremy's and he handed me a 22 caliber semi-automatic. And I'd used that gun many times on the shooting range. And I knew that gun well. And when I waited a couple of days till I knew that those black guys would be waiting on the corner having a party down the street. They were right on the opposite side of us. When night came, I left through our back door, and no one asked where I was going. I often ventured out at night on my own, and I felt nervous at first, but there was an excitement in me. I knew I was going to do it. I had to do it. I wanted to do it. I never shot anyone before, though some of my friends had. And I walked, I walked around for a while. I wondered how I'd do it. A part of me wanted to walk up to them and tell them who I was and start shooting them. Like in the movies. But unlike the movies, I figured they'd just shoot me back and kill me. So I walked around some more and I found a perfect spot. I saw a clothesline across the street from the party, so it was close to a wall. And a position behind the wall so I could still see the party, but I figured... The hanging clothes would block their view for me. And, um, at least I hope so, anyways. And I pulled that gun out of my pocket, and the clip had ten rounds, rifle rounds. And I was good. I was a good shot. And I knew I'd make them count. I took aim, and I, I scanned that scene. And most people were laughing and dancing and horseplaying, and they were the ones I was interested in. They weren't the ones I was interested in. I was looking for faces I could hate, and I waited there looking. I singled out a group of serious-looking guys. There they were. I took the aim, and I squeezed. Chaos. They're running, running in different directions, every direction except mine. Had they seen me? Did they did they work out what direction the shooting would came from? As the screaming started, I was suddenly worried about uh, being caught, being seen, being killed. And I turned and I ran, and I, I ran through the park behind our units, and, and then across the street, and I jumped over a fence, and another, and finally I got to my friend Billy's house, and I pounded on his door, and, and I heard the sirens in the background. And Billy swung that door open, and he stood there looking at me and said, what's up, man? Nothing, I just need to hide for a minute. Some guys are chasing me. I pushed past them, and I quickly shut the door. I heard shooting, man. Were you, were you being shot at? I didn't answer. Is it cool if I just stay here for a while? He shrugged, of course. You want something to eat? 
Now I'm good. I just need to calm down. Shit, man. Those guys were... They were gonna get me. Heard what you did to Mikey, bro. He said casually. Yeah, well... I thought he was my friend. But it's cool now. All cool. Uh, I thought I'd go to the mall this week and snatch some bikes. You wanna come? Really shrugged again. Sure, why not? But... Not till Saturday. I can't miss any more school. My mom is getting mad at me. That's cool. We'll go this weekend, I said. I stayed at Billy's for an hour or two playing video games and eating snacks. And my mind was everywhere else. Was anyone killed? Were people lying dead in the street? Did anyone see me? I was sure someone must have known it was me. And I knew I couldn't stay there long. Billy's mom was the kind of woman who didn't allow that. She didn't want her kid hanging out with kids like me. And that night, at the party, I learned why. Because I wasn't like other kids. I was different. Eventually, I got up and I told Billy it was time to go. And when I got back to my street, I saw the cop cars were still there. People stood around outside wondering what was going on. And I knew they were there. As I walked through my back door, I could feel the weight of the gun in my pocket, the heaviness of it. My mom, she hugged me, and she was reassuring me. Or was she reassuring herself? Nothing was said about the gunshots, and she didn't ask where I'd been. Maybe she knew. I don't know. The sound of gunshots was nothing new in this neighborhood. Some were for fun, and others... Or for revenge.